0: Amen. Today, we're going to talk about a spiritual uh, law in the Bible called increase by association. Increase by association. And we're going to start out in Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Verse 3. 20. 20. 20. Yeah. (laughs) It says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Link yourself up with people who are blessed of God and you become a candidate for the blessings of God. Now the message translation of this verse says become wise by walking with the wise hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Now if you read the book of Proverbs, you know it has a lot to say about the wise, and it has a lot to say about fools. And uh, we're not going go to go into it today. I think at some point it would be good to see what the Word of God defines as foolishness, and and uh, you know what it means to be a fool according to the Bible. But we're not going to we're not going to go into that today. Although I think that would that would be helpful. But uh, we're, we're going to proceed on down the road that I want to get to today. If some people can pull you up, some people can pull you down. Some people can slow you down in your walk with God in, in every area of your life. Who you associate with has a profound impact on your life. Now, the word walk in this verse refers to companionship or fellowship. When you walk with people who are negative, then you're going to be negative. When you spend all your time with people who talk sickness and lack, consequently, that's what you will talk. Now, there's a saying that you know opposites attract you know, opposite personalities and all attract. And that, that may be true, but it's also true that likes attract. Have you ever noticed how people tend to, to gather up together? You've heard that phrase birds of a feather flock together? Mm-hmm. Well people tend to gather up, you know, according to their their interest or their beliefs or uh, hobbies or, or whatever. People who don't have anything tend to gather up with other people who don't have anything, and they all talk about how they don't have anything. They say, I can't. They hang around other people who agree with I can't. People who are sick, or at least they see themselves as sick, tend to gather up with other people who also see themselves sick. I don't care if there's a hundred people in the room. Somehow they will gravitate to, to other people and they all see themselves sick and they talk about their aches and their complaints and their, you know, I went to the doctor and he said so and so and this is what the conversation consists of. So there's a spiritual law at work in the earth today. Who do you link up with has everything to do with what kind of harvest you reap. Now, this verse, Proverbs 13.20 in the Amplified Bible says, He who walks as a companion with wise men is wise, but he who associates with self-confident fools is a fool himself and shall smart for it. Now, the Amplified Bible here uses the word associates. He who associates. Now, the word associate means frequently in the company of, connected with, joined with another in a common pursuit, to unite in company or interest, to combine resources for a common goal. Your buddies, your mates, who you spend a lot of time with, who you spend your free time with. That's what this is talking about. You've all heard of these men. Henry Ford, Harry Firestone, Thomas Edison. These three men had a number of things in common. They were all inventors and industrialists who made a profound impact on the United States and the rest of the world. They also had something else in common. All three of them lived next door to one another at their summer homes in Florida. And that was not an accident. That was on purpose. Now that's not bad company, is it? Right. Having neighbors like that. How wonderful! Amen. These great minds associated with one another even when they were not working. They associated with one another even on holiday, in their free time, because they wanted to hang around other dreamers, and successful people. Now that's a good way to spend your holiday, isn't it? People like that. Other people who are dreamers and successful people and you know they want to go with God like you do and and they have a hunger for the word and, and they want to be successful in this kind of thing. That's a kind of that's a that's a good way to spend your holiday. I'm sure they encouraged one another and motivated one another and talked about possibilities, not problems. From their association with one another came creativity, ability, and ideas that would change the world. These men did not run around with fools. They did not run around with people who said, I tried that and it didn't work. I tried that faith stuff and it didn't work. I tried to make new tires for my car and it didn't work. They didn't run around with people like that. And they did not go to people like that for advice. Uh, I forgot the exact number, but Thomas Edison made over 1,000 attempts at perfecting the light bulb. Over 1,000 Attempts before he finally perfected the light bulb. And you know, he had lots of opportunities to give up and quit and say, I can't do this. And you know, there were people telling him he couldn't do it. You know, but I'm sure glad he didn't give up, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Well, his mates around him were helping him, probably. Well he 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 got people around him that could help him. Yeah. Yeah. They were encouraging because they wanted to be. Yeah, that's the kind of people he kept around him. Amen. He didn't listen to the ones that said you can't do this. So this increase by association principle is a spiritual law in the Word of God. Now turn over a few pages to Proverbs twenty seven. Proverbs twenty seven. This is a scripture you don't hear very often. Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. This scripture sums up what I just described about these three great men, Edison, Ford, and Firestone. Who you run with and associate with can have a profound impact with what happens in your life. Walk with fools, the outcome can be destruction. Walk with the wise, outcome can be great success. Now let's turn. Let's look at some some examples of this in the Bible. Let's turn to Numbers 27. Numbers 27. Hallelujah. We're going to look at the lives of uh, Moses and Joshua. Numbers 27, 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, And lay thine hand upon him. And set him before Eleazar the priest. And before all the congregation. And give him a charge in their sight. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him. That all the congregation of the children of Israel. May be obedient. Now by association with Moses. Increase came into Joshua's life, and in this particular situation, it was increase in honor, and the Amplified Bible also says authority. Honor and authority came upon Joshua as a result of his association with Moses. The same honor and authority that Moses walked in came on Joshua because of his association with Moses. And Joshua went on to be a leader who did mighty things for God. Now let's turn over to 1 Kings. 1 Kings 19. First Kings nineteen. And we're gonna look at Elijah and Elisha. And we're gonna start in verse nineteen. Uh so Verse 19 says, So he departed thence, talking about Elijah, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Now there's a divine connection here between Elisha, the farm boy, And the prophet of God, Elijah. This is a a God arranged divine connection. And we see, we're going to see an increase here in uh, the area of anointing for miraculous, uh, for for the miraculous, for miracles. Now, in verse 19, we, we just read where Elijah passed by Elisha. Elisha's not trying to make this happen. He's not pursuing Elijah. He's not trying to make this happen in the flesh. He's just out at work every day, plowing the field, minding his own business. And Elijah comes by and throws his mantle on him. Elisha was probably not even thinking about ministry. He wasn't trying to make this connection happen with the wrong motives. He wasn't thinking, Eli- Elijah, Elijah, Elisha, evangelistic association. That's not what he was thinking about. Or, even better than that, Elisha, Elijah, evangelistic association. He wasn't thinking about his name being on the ministry. You know, he wasn't thinking about having top billing. You know, he was just out minding his own business, plowing, and going to work every day. Now in verse uh, 21, And he turned back from him, Elijah, and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and bore their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave it unto the people his family, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. So at this point now, Elisha goes with Elijah. He begins to uh, serve him. He's not interested in having top billing in the ministry. He's he's willing to serve this. He's, he's saying, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to get connected up with you. and and I'm going to serve you. So Elisha uh, now leaves his farm job, and he goes with the prophet of God, Elijah. Now turn over a few pages, and we'll see where this continues in 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 2. And you're familiar with this passage of scripture. Uh, this is where Elijah is about to be taken up. Now, uh, some Bible scholars say that uh, Elisha served Elijah for ten years. He stayed he spent the last ten years of his life with Elijah. So This was a long-term relationship. Now, in verse uh, uh, 4, Elijah said to Elisha, Terry, here I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And Elisha said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. Down in verse 6, And Elijah said again to him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And Elisha said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the two went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they, Elijah and Elisha, stood by Jordan. Now this says, the other 50 men with them, they stood far off. You know, they, they set themselves at a distance. They were looking on from a distance. But Elisha wasn't. Elisha was standing right there next to this man. And he absolutely would not leave that man for any reason. He said, as the Lord my God liveth, I will not leave you. The other 50, you know, they're all looking on from a distance. There are people out there on the fringes just watching you just to see what, you know, the curiosity seekers, they're just curious. You know, they just go to this meeting just curious. Let's just see what happens. You know, Elisha wasn't curious. He was right up there with with the man of God. And he said, I am not I'm staying connected with you and nothing, nothing is going to separate me from you. Now in verse eight, and Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together, and smoked the waters, and they were divided here and there, so that they went the two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, I shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And smote the waters and said. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters. They parted here and there. And Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jordan's Jericho saw him. They said. The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. The anointing that was on Elijah came upon Elisha because of their association with one another. Elijah had an anointing for the miraculous. And that same anointing came on Elisha. The, uh, i haven't been able to find a direct reference to it and i don't think there is one but i think if you go through and look uh, at the miracles in elijah's ministry and the miracles in elisha's the bible records twice as many miracles took place in the ministry of elisha as did elijah so that confirms that the double portion yeah he got the double portion of that he asked for now um, kind of a modern day example of this would, I mean there might be many but the, the one that just comes to my mind would be uh, the ministry of Catherine Kuhlman and Benny Hinn she, he basically took over he he, he he operates in the very same anointing that, that that woman did for the miraculous and healing and uh That's by association, because he he was associated with her. I don't know that he ever even met met her, but he did follow her ministry very closely. He read his book or his autobiography. Uh, So that's kind of a modern day. When she died, he basically took up her ministry, and he operates in the same anointing for the miraculous and healing that she did. So that's kind of a modern day example. So by association, increase in the miraculous came into Elisha. Who you associate with, who you unite with, who you run with, your buddies need to be people of faith. People the word is working for. Another example, Joshua and Caleb ran together. The other ten leaders that were sent over to the promised land, they were very negative. Joshua and Caleb were like-minded. They had the same spirit of faith. They were faith buddies and they were running mates. You know, at, at night they were probably in their tent encouraging one another. You know, yeah, you know, you know, we saw that land. There may be giants there. We can take it. We're able to do this. God is with us. You know they were talking to each other like that. Iron sharpening iron. And while the other unbelieving people were saying, no, we can't do it. We're grasshoppers. We're weak. You know, they'll, they'll kill us. No, Joshua and Caleb, they hung out together. They were like-minded. They had the same spirit of faith. And if you hang around the we can't, folks, you will be a product of we can't. Proverbs 13.20 says you will experience an increase in wisdom when you walk with wise people. In the case of Moses and Joshua who received increase in honor and authority, when you associate with people in whom honor and authority are on them, you will increase in honor and authority if you walk with people who operate in a tremendous anointing for the miraculous like Elijah and Elisha then you will increase in anointing for the miraculous now this principle of increase by association is not just to con- not just confined to anointing for ministry or spiritual prosperity it also applies to financial prosperity wealth and assets. Now, let's go back to Genesis, chapter 13. Now, Peter, you were in the business world for a long time. And from what I've read and understand about successful business people, especially people in sales and stuff like that, they guard very closely who they who they listen to and who they allow around them. I, I've heard... People say, uh, you know, if if you go to some sales meeting and all these are high-paid salesmen and they're the top in their field, if there's one person there that's negative and they say one negative word in their presence, they will turn around and they will walk away from you. I don't care how rude it is. They absolutely will not stay in the presence of anybody talking negative. They can't afford to. They can't afford to. So even... Even in the natural, we can't afford to we? No, absolutely, Anne. Yeah. yeah. So you know if the if the world recognizes that, how much more should we? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now let's look at some examples, some more examples in the Bible. Genesis thirteen. Uh, now, if, if you just backtrack a few verses, there in verse twelve. Um, we saw that uh, God promised. Uh, you know, in verse twelve, verse one, God said to, to Abram, "Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, and to the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee." And in these shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So we're, that, that's a familiar scripture. Now, uh, God promises Abram and his offspring. He's going to bless them. He's going to increase them. And they are going to be a blessing. Now, in verse 3 here, when I was reading this and studying this, I recognized another uh, Example of an increase by association within verse three, where he says, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. The nations of the world and individuals who bless, support, defend, and stand by Israel and their enemies, God promises to bless them. Support them, defend them, and stand by them. So, if you bless Israel, God says, I will bless you. Those that curse Israel, God says, I will curse. And Jesus refers to this in Matthew 25, and we're not going to turn there. But he refers to this in Matthew 25, where he talks about the sheep and the goats. The separation of the sheep and the goats. And the sheep and the goats represent nations. And uh, someone who's a wonderful teacher on this is Billy Brim. If you ever get to hear her talk about kind of end times, she's, she's wonderful. But from what I understand from what she is taught, uh, that there's a judgment of nations coming before the millennium. And at that time, the nations of the world are going to be judged on one thing how they treated Israel. And that is a big, big thing to God. And that's why, especially Christians in America are very, very concerned about the direction uh, America has been going in the last three and a half years with their stand in Israel. And they are very, very supportive of Israel even if the government's not because we want all we want to be a sheep nation we don't want to be a goat nation and from what i've heard billy brown say if i've understood her correctly the goat nations are not going into the millennium they are going to be gone only the sheep nations are going into the millennium so this is a big, big deal. And it's a big, big, it should be a big deal with Christians. And especially in America, they are really, really uh, fighting to stand by Israel and putting a lot of pressure on the government to stand by Israel because, you know, they want to be a sheep nation. And, and everybody should be. So this is another example. When we bless Israel, God blesses us. Amen? That's another example of increase by association. Now let's get back to Abram and Lot. On their journey to the promised land, God promises to bless, uh, you know, Abram. And these blessings and increase begin to manifest in Abram's life. And in chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, it says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, and he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south, And Abram was very rich in cattle in silver and gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, uh, even to Bethel, and so forth. So this paints a picture of a wealthy Abram. Now God instructed Abram to leave his family and relatives behind and go to the land of Canaan. Now... Abram was not completely obedient to God about this because he did not leave all of his family and relatives like God told him to do. He took his unemployed nephew, Lot, with him. And God didn't say leave everybody behind but Lot. He said leave everybody behind. But Abram didn't do it, so he wasn't completely obedient about this. So he takes this unemployed nephew Lot with him. And these men, two men left with no more than what possessions they could carry in, verse, in chapter 12. And in chapter 13, we see a wealthy Abraham, Abram. So the blessing of God is beginning to manifest itself in his life. Now verse uh, 5. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now wait just a minute. In chapter 12 they left Egypt, or Haran with no more than what they could carry. Now it's talking about Lot. Lot also, which went with Abram had flocks, herds, and tents. Now we see both of these men. First it says Abram was very rich in cattle silver and gold. Now it says Lot who was with him has increased in flocks, herds, and tents. That's assets. That's material wealth. That's the way they measured wealth back in those days was flocks and herds. You know how many cows and sheep you had and tents and maid servants, and all that and clothes. That's the way they measured prosperity and wealth. So these two men had left Home with no more than what they could carry. But Abram had the blessing and promise of God on him. And Lot was blessed with abundance for no other reason than his association with Abram. God did not ever promise anything to Lot. Although he, you know, he he didn't really have any promises. But because of his association with Abram, God blessed him also. He got in on the same blessing that was on Abram just simply because of his association with him. Now, let's turn over to Genesis 26. The same promise of blessing and increase God made to Abram was manifested in his son Isaac. And in in chapter 26, verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land, and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great, and went forward, and grew until he became very great. Now the the phrase here, waxed great, means exceedingly wealthy. The the phrase uh, very great means exceedingly wealthy indeed. So, as Isaac sowed uh, in this land, you know, there's, you know, they're experiencing famine. It was hard economic times. But as Isaac sowed, he reaped a hundredfold, and God showed him to redig the wells of his father. Now, uh, in verse 15. It goes on to Psalm 14. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. So this also describes a very wealthy man. And the Philistines envied him. Now, why did God direct him to reopen the wells that his father Abram dug? Because the Philistines blessed their hearts you know these enemies of God all throughout the Bible they stopped them up they took they took the wells that Abram had dug and they filled them in with dirt simply out of spite now what is the one thing you absolutely have to have in a desert water so what did the Philistines do They fill them up with dirt just out of sheer spite because they did not like Abraham. They didn't like Abram because the blessing of God was on him and he's connected with God. And that's why people don't like us because the devil doesn't like us because we're connected with God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, let's carry on with this. So that's about as dumb as you can get is to fill up water wells in a desert just for sheer spite. But that's what they did. Didn't they want it for themselves as well? Yeah. Yeah, they should yeah, they did the desert. water also. Yeah. Yeah. But that sounds like something politicians would do, doesn't it? Typical. And without God, people are walking in darkness and they make dumb decisions, and that's what they did. So God told Isaac to reopen these wells. So he digged a well and they took it away from him. He digged another well, you know, they took it away from him and so forth. And so he just, he didn't argue with them, he just went to another place. And then he finally dug a well and, you know, he he got to keep that one. But all the time, as he's opened these wells up, Abimelech, who's this man, we're talking about Abimelech and Isaac, Abimelech and his bad guys are the ones giving Isaac a hard time. But they're getting blessed by Isaac because he's reopening the wells for them and they're benefiting from the water. So by their association with Isaac who also had the blessing of God on him who also had the, the promises of God with him just like his father even the ungodly Abimelech and the Philistines are being blessed just because of their association with Isaac. So they're thinking, great! Now we got water, we got crops again. The famine is over with. Hallelujah! Uh, they did not. He got. Um, he own, and in the first year, he got a hundredfold return. Mm. Yeah, and that's why and they, they first, imputed. Yeah, yeah, that's why they it. and they didn't like him for the same reason they didn't like his father. Now. Um, so, they got crops, they got water, they think, hallelujah, the famine's gone. Um, so, what did they do, what did they do next? You know, what are the, you know, they didn't give any credit to God for it. They didn't give any credit to Isaac for it. They just said, oh goody, we got water and we got crops now. We're back in business. So, what do the politicians do now? They ask Isaac to leave. Now isn't that about as dumb as you can get? (laughs) The only man who's prospering, the only man in a famine who's uh, prospering, who's being blessed, the only man who's not going bankrupt, the only man with the blessing of God on him, He's using his money, his grain for money. He's reinvesting it in the community. He's helping all the other people. You know, these people are enemies of God. They have no promise of God. But they are simply increasing because of Isaac's presence and their association with him. So Isaac had the blessing of God on his life and it was affecting even the unbelievers around him. So, they run him out of town. Guess what happened next? The wells dried up. The famine came back. Surprise, surprise. And really, the famine was never really gone. It's just the blessing overwhelmed that famine and its effects so that it didn't affect them. But as soon as the man with the blessing and increase left, the famine came back. So the politicians suddenly put two and two together and say, "Uh uh-oh, maybe we shouldn't have run him off. You know, maybe our lives were a whole lot better when he was around. So the politicians send Abimelech and his buddy to go find Isaac and ask him to come back. So that's what they did. You know, no hard feelings, Isaac, but we want you to come back. And they even wanted to make a covenant with him this time so he couldn't leave. He couldn't leave again. Now doesn't that sound like wishy-washy politicians and religious people? Absolutely. The point I want to make here is wherever Isaac went, there was increase. And even his enemies were blessed because of their association with him. They were too dumb to recognize it. Even the ungodly increased because of their association with God's anointed. And this is a picture of the church and a world headed toward hell with their financial system collapsing around them. God needs us rich. We are God's supply depot on the earth to invest in mankind. He wants to bless us so it affects all the unbelievers around us, just like this worked in Isaac just like it worked in in Abram and Lot. They didn't like Isaac but when they needed him they went and found him and they may not like us they may talk bad about us behind our back but when they need us they're gonna come looking for us Amen? This spiritual law of increase by association continues and the next generation with Jacob. Now let's turn over to just two or three pages to Genesis 30. And we'll see this increase by association continue to operate. Now you know the story about Jacob and Laban. Laban was Jacob's father-in-law and he worked for seven years to marry Laban's younger daughter Rachel and you know how Laban deceived him and he gave him the older daughter instead so Jacob had to work another seven years for Rachel on top of that Laban changed his wages ten times now let's look in verse 25 Genesis 30 25 uh and it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go unto my own place, to my own country. So uh, Jacob decides to go back to his homeland. He wants to leave. He's been working with Laban all these years. And then in verse 27, this is what Laban says to him in return. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, If I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, or wait. For I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. Underline that last phrase. For I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. Laban admitted I know the Lord has blessed me because of you being here. Laban had increased in cattle and everything since Jacob showed up and he recognized it. He realized the worst thing that could happen to him was to break his relationship with Jacob. As long as Jacob was around, Laban realized that he was blessed. And that's why he said, don't rush off, you know, give this some thought, because he realized, this man's about to leave me, and I've been having it good since he came into my life, and as soon as he leaves, things are not going to go so well. And even he recognized it. Verse 28, and Jacob said, appoint me thy um Laban said, appoint me thy wages, I will give it. And he said to him, this is Jacob. Thou knowest how I have served thee and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou had before I came. And it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord has blessed you since my coming. Jacob said, you only had a little till I showed up. The Lord blessed Laban because of his association with Jacob the covenant man. Laban was a liar and a cheat. And I guess he was just a pure heathen. He had no promises from God whatsoever. There was no covenant promise made to him but Laban was increased for no other reason than his association with God's anointed, Jacob. And there will be some people who will be blessed simply because you showed up in their life. And we can all say that we've been blessed and increased since Jesus showed up in our life. Amen? That's the number one association of increase and connection you've got to make. Now let's, let's look at one other example. Genesis 39. Genesis 39. Are you getting this principle? Mm -hmm. Okay. Genesis 39, verse 1 to 3, continues to the next generation. Joseph. 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites which had brought him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. Potiphar was not a believer. He's a an heathen. And his master Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him, Joseph, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Verse 5, And it came to pass from the time that he had made him, Joseph, overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Potiphar was not a covenant man either. He was a heathen. Joseph was the seed of Abraham. And he had the same promise of blessing and increase on his life that his father Isaac had and his grandfather Abram had. God blessed Potiphar, the unbeliever, and his household for no other reason than his association with Joseph. As long as Joseph was on the scene, Potiphar was blessed and even he recognized it. You know, people around us, they're being, God's blessing them just because of us. Especially, I think, if you got unbelieving family, you know what I mean? Yeah. God's, God's, they're coming under the same protection, the same yeah. benefit. Yeah. yeah. Just because wife, you're. Oh, I'd got my son phoned me up and said, Mom. You've been praying for me again. Uh, uh, uh. I've just had a million pounds worth of business. That was when he was running a civil engineering company. Praise God! And then from, then, from that time on, now he's just prospering. He's got all my grandchildren working in there with him. Mm. The ones that have left school, mm. and they're all prospering. Mm. And they what being... you're saying is exciting me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And and they're being blessed. Because of your association with God, your covenant association with God, and what you're learning and doing from this book, and they don't think it has anything to do with this. They think you're, if anything, you're crazy, probably. But like Laban, he didn't think Jacob was crazy anymore. You know, they didn't. They may have thought Isaac was crazy for a while, but boy, when the blessing and the life started getting better. They didn't talk bad about them anymore. Like Amen. My, like my brother. I mean, he, he was um, financially helping us with um, a telephone bill. He used to pay the, he, um, paid the bill. And um, he's let, he worked for himself. Uh, I'm sure the Lord never, he never lost business because the Lord's hand was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, and he was literally, what you know, he's... Yeah. It was an advertising for pharmaceutical companies. Because mm-hmm. um, he, he was blessing you, God was blessing you yeah, Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's not a Christian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it? He, he's read. He's read. He said, he's read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Read, he's got one, but mm-hmm. uh, there's no what well, he's walked. So he doesn't. He doesn't recognize this as a Bible principle, no. and it is. Mm-hmm. Now let's turn to First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. verse 33, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Now, this word communications in the Greek Uh, is a word that means company or association here in the King James version it's plural communications evil companies or evil associations now the word evil in the Greek is a word that means destructive harmful or bad now this verse in the New Living translation says bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Now here's here's this scripture in a translation called J.D. Phillips and it is very different, but it's good. It says, don't let yourselves be deceived. Talking about things that are not true is bound to be reflected in practical conduct. Remember that there are men who have plenty to say, but have no knowledge of God. The Orthodox Jewish Bible says, Bad association, bad influence, corrupts good character. Bad influence corrupts good character. This principle of association not just applies to individuals, that you personally know, but it can also apply to ministries that you might be connected with. Now, the, because the, the King James Version here uses the word communications, uh, bad company can also uh, mean, it can also include sermons, lectures, and teachings. You can be corrupted by being associated with the wrong information or teaching. You can be honest and sincere and get in the wrong company and they will turn you. Who you associate with and who you listen to can either make you or break you. If you hang out with wrong ministries, wrong people, and get involved with wrong teaching, Your life will fall to pieces. Now in Psalm 78 verse 8, it says, we won't turn there, but you can write it down. Psalm 78 verse 8, it says, And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The message translation of this verse says, a fickle and faithless bunch who never stayed true to God. Don't associate with people who don't stay true to God because you'll be like them. It is impossible to associate regularly with people or information that is in error without eventually becoming contaminated by them and their message. You will also pick up their bad habits. If you need healing, and you're associated with people who don't know the will of God, they don't know how to pray in faith, they believe that God doesn't heal everybody, you better run out the door. I'm totally convinced that if Ann and Peter had not gotten hold of the Word of God, if you had not met someone... If you had not got connected with that man, and you told me his name a few weeks ago. Um, John New. Yeah, whatever. If you hadn't got connected with that man that knew something about the Word, Word of Faith, and that he began to feed you individually, really. He began to feed you the Word of God. He put you in contact with Brother Copeland's ministry. Yeah. And you began to get the Word of God in you. And if you hadn't had that connection and that Word in you when the devil came, your life would have fallen to pieces. It would have gone in a totally, completely different direction. I'm totally convinced of that. So you can't tell me that who you hang out with and listen to won't influence the direction of your life for the better or the worse on the positive side you can be connected with ministries and great men and women of God some you may never meet personally but through their teachings it will bring great increase into your life we need to run around with people who know more about God than we do amen because amen. they'll pull us up Increase has come into my life because, really, because of my association with Brother Copeland and his, his ministry. That's really my testimony. And several other ministries like his, like-minded ministries that preach the word of faith. You know, they've taught me the word of faith and it's revolutionized my life. And the quality of my life, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, Has it increased exponentially? I mean, my life doesn't look anything like it did when I came here. And most of you don't look like anything when I first met you, you know, because your associate, you know, you started out with that, that man started feeding you and he connected you with Brother Copeland. Then you got connected with Brother Gordon and Barbara. Then you got connected with me. And God has just increased you more and more. Yeah. But if you've not only got connected, you stayed connected. You stayed connected with people of the word. And that's very important. That's very important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is a, a very important Bible principle. Amen. Has this been helpful today? Oh yes. Oh yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.